Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Hello, welcome to Impact the World, where today my guests are Lee Carroll and Monica Morani. Many of you may be already familiar with Lee because he's been one of the pioneers in the channeling field of our generation. Lee channels an entity of magnetic service known as Cryon and has to date published 14 books, has done countless seminars and workshops all across the world, and now in collaboration with Monica is hosting and producing live streamed web-based events for this last couple of years. So Lee has been on my radar for about 15 years or so. Uh, so it was really lovely to get to speak to him about his relationship as a ch- with Cryon as a channeler, how he got into channeling to learn how skeptical he was of channeling and anything to do with metaphysics before it happened to him and then to learn about how he and Monica met, started collaborating. And I asked them to give us a few insights that Cryon has been sharing about this time that we're going through, which as we all know, is pretty intense and can be pretty crazy and can feel very, very challenging, but also brings with it all of this innovation and creational power. And the shift that we're in right now is is palpably felt if you're able to access it, feel it, and then hopefully be one of the ones who can generate it for the rest of the world. So it was great to be with these two generators. And I hope you enjoy the interview. And we will put all links to their website and their work in the show notes if you're listening to this show, or if you're watching over on YouTube, underneath the YouTube video, but you can find both of them at cryon.com. If you are a fan of the Impact the World show, thank you so much. And it would really support us because we're an independent show. If you rate, review or subscribe to us over on Apple Podcasts, or if you watch the show, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And that way it helps us reach more people. But for today, we hope you enjoy this conversation with Lee Carroll, channeler of Cryon and Monica Murani. Lee, Monica, thank you so much for being here. It's a delight to have you on Impact the World. Well, what a delicious invitation. How could we not be part of it? I I go to any podcast with a person named Lee. (laughs) 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 Thank you. Great to be here. Lee, you know, I'm going to start with you, Lee. You You've been a pioneer in the in the channeling field, certainly for our generation. And and the one thing that I knew about you around, I think I became familiar with you around 2006. Someone told me about you. Uh, I had been channeling for myself privately at that point for about five years and publicly for about two. And I remember going, wow, this guy's got all these books. And and you had so many books at the time. And you were one of the few contemporary channelers, if not the only one that I knew of, who had this published library of work in real time. And we were supposed to be um, both speaking and channeling at the same event in 2009. And then life circumstances meant I couldn't come. So I was really looking forward to meeting you. So um you know, my knowledge of you and my respect for you goes back a long way. So thank you for doing everything you've done in our very niche, but very emerging field. I am so enamored by having anybody else who's channeling in this day and age, tell me those things. Because I, at one point, I wondered, were there any others? And would we, would we see any contemporary young men or women start this? You got to understand that when I started, it was, um, and and for many years, the only people who came to see me were over 45. And I can show you that very, very clearly. It's only been in the last few years that we have seen a complete reversal of that. Literally, we've seen some of the older folks drop away and we've seen the younger folks replace them. I never thought that would ever, ever happen. So there's a lot to tell, but um, I'll I'll go with your cue. (laughs) 
Well, I tell you what would be wonderful because I don't, I don't know your origin story, and I always think the origin story of how people begin channeling is is both interesting, but is also can be a clue as to your own ability to connect or or demystifying your own ability to connect. So, Lee, I'd love to hear like what were you doing in your life when you first met Cryon, and how did it, how did that meeting take place? I'll tell you. I'll try to give you the short version, but there's a lot of layers to it. And you're right. It's, um, it's fascinating to a lot of people because I was not interested in metaphysics at all. In fact, <clears throat> it was just the opposite. I'd married a woman named Jan Tober, who, by the way, is very profoundly still involved in my work. Right. And we're very good friends. She is now a former wife, but I'm getting much... <laughs> I love her more because of that. <laughs> <laughs> but she was metaphysical. And I was an engineer, um, very much so, I'm very involved in my work, and I had a, a sound recording studio as an engineer in those days, and I was doing well, and it was no problem, and I was in my mid-40s, if not late 40s, and that was, and this is here, here's a cue, folks, <laughs> if you want to figure it out, that was 31 years ago. So here we are with me not wanting any part of it, and, this, and, and the story begins, um, I started, actually, I came out of the closet in 1989. So this was right before that. And she said, I want you to go to a channeler. And I said, I'm not interested. I'm not going to do it. And, and she said, well, first of all, it's a man. Well, that surprised me because all of the, they had all been women in, back in those days. And she said, and I want you to go. It's only be an hour. You sit there. You just listen. I'll tape it. I said, well, why should I go? And she says, well, it's my birthday. And then I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> That's so, a good one. I went. <laughs> And when I went, I don't remember what was said. I just knew I rolled my eyes. I didn't care. Almost went to sleep. Uh, you know, the guy was was giving me gibberish to me, and just and I realize now that's what I do. <laughs> you know, so anybody who's hearing me for the first time channel is probably having the same reaction I did with him. I almost touched the guy because I was I was sitting eyeball to eyeball, almost knee to knee. I almost touched him and said, "Stop, stop! I can help you." You know, this is how I felt about yeah. what he was giving me, stupid, ridiculous yeah. stuff, which is, of course, now what people think, uh, some people think I do. What he did, I don't know. I didn't care, except that three years went by and another channeling was was given to me by a 20-year-old. A, a this other guy was 60. And Jan said, I want you to meet this guy. And I said, is he anything like the other guy? And she says, no, no, he's much younger. It'll be shorter. It's 20 minutes. And I said, okay, we'll do it. That guy did the same thing kind of, but he took one look at me. He was supposed to be a psychic, which I didn't believe in either. And he took one look at me and says, you don't want to be here, do you? And I said, I like this guy because he, he pegged me right up in the bat. He says, okay, I have a message for you. We're not going to do any channeling day. I just got this big message. And I said, what is it? I'm ready. And the recording's going. And he says, there's a magnetic master named Cryon who's trying to get a hold of you. And I, you know, you could have said, um, Dr. Zoom, Zoom was going to try to get a hold of me or Mother Mary. It made no difference because it was just some metaphysical made up name, I thought. And that was it. And what happened was, is this is so interesting, depending upon what your personality type is and what makes you look. And this is where I, I get in. What makes you look at, at, at spiritual things? I was an engineer. So I, you know, I crossed my T's and dot my I's and everything has to come out right. And suddenly I had a puzzle because I remembered I, I remember the first guy said something like that too, three years earlier. So when Jan wasn't looking, I went and found the tapes that were taken, cassettes. Remember cassettes, folks? Tell me, please. <laughs> and I got the cassette of the first guy and, I, and I, I played it and played it and played it. And there was all the gibberish and everything else. And then at the end, he says, there's a magnetic master named Cryon who's trying to get a hold of you, verbatim. That got my attention. How could two men, 40 years apart, three years in distance, give me the same identical message about some angel or something that nobody had ever heard of. Hmm. And that made me look because that just doesn't happen logically. And so I had no, I mean, I went through a whole bunch of stuff, but I thought to myself, wow, this is, this can't be, this just cannot be, you can't have that happen. So I said, there's only one way, only one way. So I prepared a chair all by myself. And nobody was there and Jan was gone. And I said, okay, I'm going to sit in the chair and cry on or whoever you are with a funny name. I'm going to sit there. If you're real, show me. And you get one chance and I'm going to get out of the chair and forget it if you don't. That was putting a fleece down and I realized it. 
I encourage people to do that. Either spirit's either real or it isn't. Okay. So, you know, if you're supposed to go someplace or do something, put out, a, put. I'm supposed to, you know, show me. So I did. And I sat in the chair and I immediately started weeping hmm. for no reason at all. I wept. And so I was overcome with some kind of love emotion I hadn't felt before. And I didn't give it credibility. I thought, okay, I'm making it up. So I popped out of the chair. I actually was angry at the chair. <laughs> so it's almost like I pointed at the chair and says, don't do that again because I'm making it up. I sit in the chair. I did it again. It was a cause and effect relationship that was so compellingly logical and real and proof to me and my psyche. I never looked back. So then I began to say, okay, you're real. What's going on? And through that, we slowly started realizing there was something for me to do. I channeled in front of, I channeled for myself, you know, you know what that's like, until a certain time when I, I did my first public one in front of 10 people. It was a metaphysical society in San Diego that said they wanted to hear me. And I thought this was my, this was my way out, that they would hear me and go, well, nice, nice try, kid. <laughs> when you, you know, keep your day job. And when they, I was done, they came up to me and said, we were waiting for you. And that for me was enough. I said, there's a responsibility here for me to continue. That was my beginning. Shortly after that, I started writing the first little book uh, released in 1993 called The End Times, which is about the end of an old time. It's not mm -hmm. a scary book. That particular book is still in, is still available now and people are still getting it. It's, it's, uh, you figured the book is since 93. It's unusual for a book to have legs for that long, and this one did. So that's the story of how it began. It has many layers past that, the, the, of my learning, of what it meant, and what Cryon was really about. And I didn't know that for four to five more years. And in, in a nutshell, what is Cryon about for people who've perhaps never met Cryon or heard your channeling? talking about what's happening today, that there was a shift coming, that we would not have a World War III, that something else was happening potentially, at the precession of the equinoxes is what the indigenous have talked about now for years and years, a consciousness shift that we could all see, identify, that's what it was about. Beautiful, and, and I'm, I'm interested for you, Lee, because I know for me, meeting my guides, which actually took place in 99, I think, or 2000, if I remember correctly, um, shifted me very profoundly personally for, I didn't weep the first time I met them like you did, but I, I recognize what you were saying because it shifts your emotional, your emotions, your psychology, everything about you. It, it starts to move you into a different place. And sometimes you go willingly and sometimes you fight and, but it, it's going to do it to you. That's what accessing that, that level of consciousness does. How was it for you and, and what did you notice shifted in who you knew yourself to be as, as Lee over you know, those first few years? Yeah, I think the first thing it did, and right or wrong, and I'm, these are, these are, I can only be very, very honest with you and your viewers, and I don't talk much about this, but I was firmly entrenched in church at that time. Um, and suddenly all around me, I saw these beautiful people that the church told me were sinners and that I shouldn't be with. And they were uh, smoking and swearing and drinking, and they just had beautiful hearts. I was involved in the music industry, and what I saw there was creativity and gentleness and beauty and wonderful. And all of them, were by my church, were were not right. They were they were uh, I shouldn't be with them. And I thought this is a total and complete disconnect. Something is wrong here, and that started pulling me away from from the doctrine. But to answer your question, what happened to me was an awareness of those people. I never saw that before, but it, so it softened my heart. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea of me sitting in a chair and weeping is something an engineer doesn't do. You know, men are say, I'll cry when I want to, don't, you know, don't make me cry. And that's just our upbringing as guys. Yeah, at least it was for me in my, in my era. So we didn't cry easily. And here we are, here I am weeping very easily. And so it softened me up to the way I could see I could see the gentleness and the beauty all around me. And I never saw that before. It was so cut and dried and matter of fact and linear. And, and that's so that's what that's what the first layer of what happened to me. <laughs> Did you ever have any hesitation or nervousness about stepping out publicly with Cryon? Oh, yes. I was scared to death. 
I, I just didn't want to do it because I knew how I felt about seeing channelers. I, yeah. I knew they're just nuts. They're crazy. And so I knew that was it. In fact, I don't know how it happened, but my second book uh, called Don't Think Like a Human somehow landed in Costco, um, <clears throat> which is the uh, big box store, at least in California. And I remember going in, I was going to do some shopping and there they were. And they, you know, in a big box store, they don't just have a few, they stack them high. And so they were all over the place. And I freaked. I, I said, they're going to they're gonna know who I am. Take those books away. <laughs> that, so you're right. So there was a tremendous hesitancy. I didn't really want to push this. To this day, I don't give interviews to mainstream, period. I only give that to those who want to hear it and understand a little about uh, metaphysics instead of trying to push this kind of weirdness onto the public. Mm -hmm. So that's the change that happened to me. And the other thing, if I can interject, yes, is that all of Lee's books, starting from book one, he never had his name on the front cover. And he's shared that story in workshops that we've presented all around the world. It was fear. He did not want his name to be on that book and identify him as the channeler. So if you turn the book around in something like 10-point font is this tiny description of the author or the name of the author, and it's not even his full name. It's L. Carol. And just for fun, he has carried that tradition through all of his books. That's what I meant by layer one. That was the, <clears throat> the layer where I was channeling, actively channeling and was afraid somebody would find out. So say that's that gets that gets that's the beginning of the relationship by say for 31 years. You know why I love that you're sharing this, Lee, is one of the biggest things that people would say to me in the early years, and even even still now, is they'll say things like, Oh God, I'm so glad you're out there doing that. And you're you're really I really admire you because you're so fearless about doing it. I'm like, oh no. I'm like, no, no. Like they have an idea that if you're willing to do this publicly, it means that you have made complete peace with it. But I don't know if I've met any channelers who haven't got some version of the story you had. Mm -hmm. um, I've had the same. I was taken to a channeler. I was super skeptical about why he had to pretend he was channeling. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, he's clearly intuitive because the stuff he was saying was really accurate and he doesn't know me, but why did he have to pretend to channel? And then egg was on my face when I ended up with the same thing a few years later. But I think it's important that we understand it culturally. Like we've all inherited skepticism, fear, um, separation and rejection of anything that that wasn't perhaps organized through religion or other things that we were told and allowed that we could engage with. And I think that energy, that, that fear current runs through all of us as a society still. I think it still does. And, and I mean by that, we've got, you and I perhaps have, have gone to another layer of it, but that's that's still there. What we have discovered for me <clears throat> is that it's much less today than when I started, much, much less. If there's any proof at all that there's been a change of consciousness on this planet, in my culture, was this, that there are so many now willing to at least look and say, have I missed anything? Oh yeah, I heard about that, I'll take a look at it. Whereas before, it was like, shut the door, it's the devil. And that is, this is what I got repeatedly. I was so afraid, Lee, of losing my friends in my mm. studio, in my employees. I, this was my fear. I'm going to lose my family, uh, my family being uh, at the studio and my associates and my colleagues and all the things that, because I was, I was such a nerd and I loved what I did. And um, I'm not going to scare anybody here, but I lost them all. That's exactly what took place. Mm. <laughs> Over a period of time, they all left. Mm. And now I realized what I did was I gained a new family that was so profound and so loving and non-judgmental and ready to, you know, take this journey with me, including her. Mm. So that that is kind of the story in a nutshell. But your story there beautifully also mirrors the journey of awakening for people mm -hmm. and an awakening can look different for everybody. For some people, they have a very spiritual enlightenment experience. For others, they suddenly wake up to see that the, the life they're living is not the life they were supposed to be in. And I think often our fear of all the people is, is what will keep us there. But the truth is 
exactly as you've said, if we're willing to let the boat shake a little bit because we feel like it's supposed to, the people who are meant to stay will stay and the people who are meant to go will go. But there will be new people. And that, that's something the Zs are very clear about whenever they talk about our relationships. They always say there are so many people on the planet. And if you create a vacuum, someone else will step in and they will have many uh, traits of people that you knew before, but with a few upgrades, because you also now are in a different place and able to connect in a different way. So, Lee, uh, Lee I'm going to tell you, I wish, I wish you had been around to say that to me, because there was nobody. Wow. who was telling me anything like that. And so mm. it was frightening. Um, I mean, it, what happened happened, but I wasn't really understanding even the principles that you teach today. That's how raw it was then and just how uh, different it was then. I want to ask you a question. Did you ever, you ever have that time when you started channeling things you couldn't know? Oh, God. I mean, even still today. Yeah, huh? even still today. And sometimes words I have to kind of go and look up. Mm -hmm. um, yep. But yeah, even, even today, especially in the last couple of years, I think with everything that's going on on the planet uh, and, and the intensity of everything, um, yeah, definitely. Th things that have been both personal, but also things to do with the world. Yes. That was the big shock. It was like... Yep. Oh, I've never heard of that. And then I would talk to people and they would go, oh, yeah, no, I've heard of that. And I was like, well, I've never been exposed to that. So it was kind of interesting. It was, um, a reason I asked that is because those, when those things started happening for me, that was the litmus test that it was real. So you might think, well, of course, I knew it was real. I'm, I'm in touch with an angelic energy and all like that. There's still the doubt. There, there's, a, you know, there's still that thing of like, uh, you know, I'm human, I'm not human or whatever. And this is not, this is not normal. And people look at me askance. Then you start channeling things you didn't, didn't know. And you, and you're, I had to look up a word too. <laughs> and there it is. Um, and then I got this, I was in Indiana. I forgot what year it was uh, giving a seminar. This was maybe six, seven years at, into it. And we had this uh, they had this group from the United Nations who wanted me to come, and it was one of the first of seven visits where I was invited to channel to a group at the UN, and that frightened me. I'd never even been to New York, and that frightened me. So this this now you're getting into the second layer of you know, of, of all of this, and that's when we started channeling things I wasn't supposed to know, and uh, so it's it it, it starts to um, relax you as the channeler. I will say I became more relaxed because I realized it's real. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. So, Monica, I know that so so from from what I know you published your first book, The Gaia Effect in 2012, and that was around the time that yours and Lee's journey together began um both as a personal relationship and then also a working relationship. So, can you share with us a little bit about how you came to meet Cryon and Lee and what you were doing at that time? Well, I actually was introduced to Cryon when I had moved to New Zealand. I was working in Australia as a park ranger and my marriage had collapsed. And so New Zealand was a place for me to go and heal my heart. And I started my awakening journey. And in my yoga class, I was given Cryon Book 7. And I read in there a chapter on energy work by a woman, Peggy Phoenix Dubrow, who does energy work. And I instantly, the cells of my body tingled and I knew I had to do that energy training. And so the funny thing is when I miraculously organized and co-created the ability to do this training, I started and I felt nothing didn't feel any energy, everyone else in the class. Oh, wow. Can you feel that? I felt nothing. And so the skeptical logic part of me was saying, this is a bunch of baloney. Forget about it. And yet I persevered with the training. And I thought that was going to be my path was to be an energy healer and go down that avenue. Then there was a stage where if I wanted to continue the training, I would have to follow Peggy because she wasn't coming to Australia. I had moved back to Australia. And so I went to South America to do the training. And it was there that I met Lee and there was this instant magnetic connection between us. So we were trying to kind of work the puzzle 
And we started communicating through emails. And then I was often at places where the cryon workshop was being presented. So I would help out behind the scenes with photography. But my passion was Gaia because that's what I knew as a ranger. And I discussed this with Lee and said, there's a missing element. I've learned all about the energy anatomy of us, but what about the earth? What's that about? And how does that interact with humans? And that's when Cryon started really delivering a lot of information about the energy grids of the planet. And there was just this moment where I woke up, I was living in South America at that stage. And I just woke up with this knowingness that I had to compile Cryon's information and deliver it so that we had deeper understandings of how we have this incredible partnership with the earth. And that's really the beginning of Lee and I's journey. And I said, I, I want to do this book. And he said, well, that is brilliant because I'm writing crime book 13 now, which is all about recalibration of the earth. And I will never get the time to write what you're doing. And so not only did I have endorsement from Lee to present this book, he turned around and said, by the way, I want you to ask Cryon questions that I will answer in the book. So I just felt like I had the biggest windfall ever that not only was I blessed to be able to collate and gather all the information Cryon had said on a subject, but I could ask questions that for me put together the missing pieces of the puzzle on subjects. And so that's been my passion is gathering information because you can imagine after decades worth of channeling and cryon gives a lot of information on such a wide variety of topics and for me I want to be able to gather that information on a subject and present it back to our tribe so that we can all uh understand it in a deeper way and if i if i can interject just briefly i'm so proud of her because um the crying writings <clears throat> is a publishing company i have five books with hay house arrested with mine but in her book she went and got a publishing company of her own i mean she didn't make it it was arian editions and so she she got a book deal <clears throat> and all her books now she's got um you have four or five four she's got four yeah and uh, have been with them. So she didn't even, you know, people would say, well, of course she got a book deal because Lee has a publishing company. No, that's not <laughs> how it worked at all. She wouldn't got her own deal. Well, and it's clear you two have a cosmic connection and collaboration and mission together. Um, it is interesting, isn't it? The Some of that human disease that we have around around that kind of thing you know the judgment or the you know we have to, isn't it interesting that we're still having to play through a lot of that human drama stuff rather than just going oh great here's this cosmic collaboration it was meant to be you know that that's that's part of the work that we're doing right the human drama stuff absolutely we all have our human issues we all have things that we come into resolve through relationships and there were times when it was difficult but the I guess the thing I want to say to everyone tuning into this is whatever is happening in your life and when you doubt yourself for me what I did was to close my eyes and really ask spirit what do I do in this situation where do I go what is it that I do and sometimes the message would be stay in the energy of love and things are not always as they seem because I was having these predetermined outcomes well if this isn't going to happen I'm going to do this and spirit would say be in the energy of love things are not always as they seem and often there's an expression that Cryon uses where you have your train for a ticket for your train and you're sitting at the train station waiting for it to come in. You know, things have to align for all of the synchronicities for that train to come in and you get on and off you go. And we as humans become impatient. We, we get a download or a message from spirit and we think we have to act on it immediately. Mm -hmm. And then there's the reverse of that where we get information and we keep it to ourselves because we're too scared to bring it out. And Cryon's saying, you've been given this information to share with people. So 
so it's so interesting this beautiful cosmic dance that we have from our guides from our intuition from spirit and one thing I know is that whenever you trust in that flow of love magic unfolds let me give you as long as we're here and um you want some things for your listeners it's one of the the paradigms that crying has given and she brought it up is that one of the things we learn forever for you know growing up with the families when your dad tells you to clean up your room it doesn't mean a week from thursday it means now so when you have an authority figure in which case you might feel it's your guides your spirit or whatever and you get a clear intuition build a healing center immediately you run out and try to build a healing center. And what Kreiner was saying is that you just got the ticket, wait for the synchronicity. And, you know, you're going to meet people. It's going to align. And this is, so this is, this is something for the future. And so many people try immediately and they fail and they go, okay, what did I do wrong? So now they're sitting there guilty and whatever. You got to understand the whole principle of, uh, of, of something out of our, our paradigm or, or what we have as kids or adults with spirit is much, much different. So, hang on you've got your ticket just wait so funny i think we've met the same people because i've i've literally given in live workshops and i think it's out there on youtube an example of you know i was supposed to go and make build a healing center in brazil and then i had no money and everything went, went wrong and because you weren't paying attention to whether or not it was flowing but you were you know running with what spirit said over paying attention to how how things were lining up on the ground which i i think is something that I felt a responsibility around with channeling to remind people that channeling is a, an important part of our life, but it's a part and it, and it has to be working with all of the other parts. So whereas I know when I was younger and going to all the spiritual workshops, I also was of that mindset that you give your power away to the leader or to the, that's something we're still very young around as a society, I think this idea that spirit is more powerful than us. And I'm sure Cryon says the same, but the Zs say, nope, we're just a different vantage point, different position, um, but equal, equal to you. So it's interesting. Um, for you two, I know that recently you had me on a your Healing Wednesday show. Thank you very much. That was a lot of fun to be with you. And I know that you reach a really large number of people around the world through those broadcasts and other work that you do. But I also know, because you mentioned it to me, that prior to 2020, you were really on the road pretty much doing live workshops. It sounds like either mostly or completely exclusively. And I know you said it's been a revelation to how many people that you've connected with uh, through moving your work online. So how did that transition come about? Let me give you the backstory because this show has to do with uh, some personal things I know and uh, behind the scenes. And we, we were in both in Iceland and we were giving what we do, uh, tours, uh, seminars and all. And we had been doing this for, um, well, since I met her, basically. And you're right. We were, um, when we did domestic things, we were out for, out for four days and home for three, out for four and home for three. And that the home for three was so we could pack for the other, the other four. Yeah. And that was our life. And so I'm a, a two and a half million mile flyer with United. Uh, we knew the, you know, we knew the stewards steward, steward by name and they would greet us. That was my life. And we would go to um, other countries to three times a year or so and stay for a month. So that's all we did. And so we would reach um, numbers of people and do that. So the behind the scenes story is that when COVID hit and we were in Iceland, two things happened. Number one, I came home immediately and COVID was there and, and I had to, you know, um, I was lucky I didn't have to get a test at that point, but right after that they did. I was lucky they let me home because they had shut the door to anything but a U.S. citizen and she stayed in Iceland for three months. Mm. So I came home and immediately was out of work. Now, if you think about it, for a decade or more, all I had done was travel. Now we're not traveling. I mean, we're not doing anything. And so I had to sit down and, and try to get out of fear. Sorry, folks, mm. I do the same as mm. you. I had to sit down and try to quiet myself from the subconscious that was saying, 
no more house payment, no more this. What are you going to do now? What did you know? And you have the stimulus from the government was going to pay for food for three days. And so we have all of this stuff. And I didn't know what to do. And at that point in time, as soon as I quieted myself and said, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, we'll see what happens. Immediately, what came in were the two technicians I'm working for right now, working with, that knew all about streaming. <laughs> one had a streaming company, one had a sound company. And when you put this together, it was like, uh, hey, let's build a barn, put up a curtain, put on a show. And it, it was just all came together in a city that I don't even live in that I traveled to. And we started streaming. And instantly, we got a whole lot of people. And that's when we realized, well, let's massage this a little. And then uh, others came on board. And now I have a team. And this is what we do for a living. And what I told you, I think, before we even started, one show, one program that we do in Healing Wednesday reaches more people than two years of travel. And so this, and then the message I got from Cryon, it says, mm -hmm. now you can begin to do what you came for. I love that. And, and Healing Wednesdays is one element of what you do, but I'm <laughs> well, for anyone who is either new to you or hasn't been a part of your community of late, what would you say are the key desires of your community right now, like in this time period, or, or the key learnings that you're all focused on becoming, integrating? I'd be curious to know some of that. I want to give something. I, I want to make them look. That's it. Just like I was, I said, make them look. I want to give um, in these shows and these programs that we put together, not just a Healing Wednesday, but we have other, we have some uh, courses coming up and some yeah. things that are really profound. But in all of those, I would like to have people say, I didn't know that. So, for instance, uh, there are a lot of people, as you know, Lee, who, who never known you. And I don't know how that could happen, but it was like a revelation that you existed and that you had all this great stuff. That's what I want. That's important because as we have, now we've had, uh, we're on our 60th show now yeah. and that's a, that's a healer for show. And it's all over the gamut. It's not just channelers and it's not just health workers and all. It's all over the gamut. So we have a uh, biological decoding folks and all people working on subconscious. We have computer programmers who figured out stuff. There's something there for everybody, but it, it has a very commonality. And mm -hmm. that is, there's more here than you thought. Consciousness yeah. has energy. We're working with it. What if God, spirit, was bigger than you were ever told? What if you actually, the you that I'm looking at, might have a place in the cosmos that you were never told about? I was told from the time I was born and the time my parents took me to church that I was born dirty. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, think of that. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a, a millions of us who were told we were born dirty. You don't have a chance. Mm. And that, that was the message. So where do we go from here, folks? This is so, the whole idea of what we do is to try to people, first of all, to get out of that and understand you're not. You're born magnificent. So let's go for it. <laughs> what's next, you know? And I think the beauty of what's unfolding and we're being witness to is the birth of a, a community that always existed but now we're able to chat online when we do this live broadcast of the healing wednesday we have a facebook group where people can get in there and the whole purpose of what lee and i feel we want to provide in surface in service to people is a safe place to come there is so many places you can go which will bring you into fear and so really what mm. we want to be able to have, and we call Healing Wednesday, it's like a sanctuary. You come into the program and it is just a place to sit and be loved. Mm -hmm. It's a safe place to come. And I think we need more um, beacons and more places of sanctuary, such as what you are doing yourself. Mm -hmm. You are offering a safe place to come where people can sit and be loved. It's really true. I mean, you, when you think about what is the attraction, um, we were with somebody the other day and they said, you know, it's not about information. It's about energy. Totally. And we said, well, tell me what you mean by that. It says, every time you're on the air, 
you are coming right through the airwaves and people are feeling the energy no matter what you're saying. And I believe that consciousness can go around the globe many, many times per second and people can feel it too. We know that identical twins talk to each other or know things happen at the mm -hmm. same time. It's a multidimensional world. And that's the other thing I let people to know. It's not linear. It really isn't, never was. So there are things that happen here. There are miracles uh, available. And that's just kind of getting on board that we, number one, we deserve it. <laughs> and number two, feel the energy. What do you feel? Do you feel that this is um, a pep talk uh, because we want you to buy something? Uh, or do you feel that we're just like another advertisement or maybe we're a religion? Or do you feel safe? Do you feel maybe, just maybe, this is a real deal? And with Cryon's messages and information over the last couple of years, especially around what we're going through with the world situation, with all the lockdowns and all of the changes that we're seeing being implemented. I know that when we met uh, on the Healing Wednesday call, I shared, you asked me some questions about what the Z's had said, and I shared some of it to both yes. of you, and you were both nodding your head going, oh, that's very in line with Cryon. But right. perhaps for the benefit of those who weren't there or, or are new to your work, what are some of the key messages that have come through about this time from Cryon? It was even in Iceland and Cryon said, well, this was expected and here it is. Um, we told you it was coming and here it is. And you didn't expect it to be in this form, did you? Because it has stopped the world. It, it literally stopped us in, in almost like we had a war without having a war. And that created, first of all, everybody, everybody had to sort out the relationships with their, uh, with their uh, significant others, with their kids or whatever, because here they are trapped trapped at home, so many of them for a very long time. Then there's the ominous fear of the um, of the virus and the news didn't make it any better. And we're just, and I, this is, I could get on my soapbox here, but um, they, I hope they someday realize that they have really hurt the situation. They're not helping anybody mm -hmm. by giving the worst fear. Even when things are clearing up, they still have to find fear. So I tell people, don't watch it. You realize it's entertainment and they've got to have sponsors and they've got to give you, uh, it's, it's programmed with music and pictures and the whole thing. Your news is important. So get it the way you want to get it online and read only the things that you want to read. And you won't be then programming. They won't be programming mm -hmm. stuff to you because they're programming fear. Mm -hmm. But so there's, there's all that. So we're in this place where we have to take responsibility. We have to then, uh, we're alone more than we ever were before. We have to do like exactly what I did. I had to sit down, take a breath and say, what does this mean? What are we gonna do? And in the process, suddenly when you stop everything, things happen. There's this, um, there's this parable crying gives about the factory, the factory that you couldn't stop because it, it produced goods and services for so many people, you couldn't stop it. And, and, and over and over, the, the employees would come up and say, well, that isn't working and we have to do this. And by the way, George is over there and he's taking a lot of money and you didn't know it, but he is and because he's handling this and that. And, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And you say, well, we can't stop it. We just can't stop it. And suddenly it stops. And when it does, what do the owners do? They start by retooling, throwing the old stuff and getting rid of George. And this is what we're doing. And that is we have the opportunity to look at ourselves and start again, perhaps in a, a much better way. And we, we look at uh, our leadership. That's just one thing. We look at our country. We look at, we look at the biases. We look at all the things that we just didn't have time to look at. We're just looking at the news and saying, well, I wish I could do something about that, but I can't. Now you can, because we've stopped at this point and we're starting over in so many ways. And that is, that is how Crian said it. He said, there'll be a time when you're going to have to make some decisions you didn't think you'd have to make. Hmm. It has to do with a new consciousness. It has to do with this shift we're going through. And part of that is what I'm doing. Cryon interrupted me in midstream in 2020 after I had been doing these shows, not Healing Wednesdays, for about six months. And I think it was last um, August where I got this message from crying. He says, are you ready to do what you came for? Now that didn't suit well with me, Lee, because I, I thought I knew I was here. <laughs> Can I just, and you've been doing it for a while. I just say, you know, you want to say, excuse me. 
<laughs> but I know what I'm doing. You don't say that to your guys and your angels and spirit when it looks at you and says, well, <laughs> you know. And so it was like, drop all of your plans. We want you to build a show. We want you to do it every Wednesday. We want you to do four shows a month, actually five when there's five. We want you to give away one of them. And that's going to be what you do. And we want you to find uh, guests and we'll, give, we'll find them for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that's, and I thought, I've never done that. I don't know what that is. You know, I, I've never hosted a show. You know, I just get on stage and do my thing and we channel and then we go to another town and I do my thing and we teach and we channel. So this was new, all new. And it was scary to begin with. And and all my guides and my angels all along says, you've got the equipment. Just do it. Just do it. And so it started and now we've done it for a year and everything they said has happened and everything they told me was doable is doable. And I feel sheepish that I ever doubted it. I feel sheepish that your teacher, looking at me, the channeler for 31 years, would have been afraid yet again. But this is human, and this is who we are, and yeah. we are all like that. And so it's getting through these things that we're, yeah. we want to show you how it's done. And mm. I hope the next, the next layer, whenever it comes, won't have that fear. And I'll <laughs> say, okay, go for it. <laughs> And the other beautiful thing that has unfolded is that in the cracks of our weekly program, we're able to develop teaching modules. So we were able to take Cry and Book 12, which was the 12 layers of DNA, and create a four-part video series that in depth goes through the teachings within the book. We're also starting new projects that we're going to release next year and the information is just flooding through lee from cryon because it was waiting for us to have this delivery in order for the information to come through so it's just really exciting times right now actually it's interesting because i also have noticed a whole kind of new relationship with disease since all of this started and i i had a i had a warning from them about four or five months before uh, COVID, well, I know it hit earlier than March 2020, but I had an experience and a, a kind of notice from them that now it gets real. And I didn't know what that meant at the time because they they weren't predicting what was going to happen in the world. But there was this moment for me where, and I'd always taken my work seriously. Now I have a sense of humor and that's vital. But I'd, I'd taken the commitment to my work and the responsibility of it very seriously all those years. So I was like, wow, if they're saying now it's going to get serious and I could feel it in my body. Uh, but it's interesting to me, there's a power and an intensity that I have been experiencing with disease in this last year or so that's new. And I, I understand that part of that's our own evolution, but I also understand that's a direct mirror of the consciousness now on the planet that we're all in and experiencing. And and I wanted to ask you something, Monica. Um, I know that channeling is has an osmosis effect. So I know many people go to channelers, in whether they know this or not, to open their own intuition, to open their own ability to channel. And I've seen it over the you know, 17 years I've been doing this for work that um, Again, this is why the information isn't really that important. It's the vibration. And for many people, they're around that vibration enough and it enhances their intuition or their channeling ability. So for me, it deepened my ability as an intuitive, not as a channeler, just as someone who can intuitively and empathically feel and it developed my trust in it. I know for you, Monica, that's very much your wiring. You know, you're empathic and intuitive. So I'm I'm curious how it has been for you working alongside and being in partnership with Lee and Cryon in this way for eight years. What has shifted or enhanced for you that you've noticed? Well, Lee is my absolute mentor in so many things. And I definitely notice that I'm able to now embody some of the things that Lee has been always doing. And I'll I'll give you an example of that. I've never heard Lee complain. I've never seen him go into a state of, oh my goodness, what's how are we going to go through this? I see him and watch him 
sit there and gather his thoughts and let intuition come in. I, he does get frustrated and disappointed. That's human. But I don't see the buttons being pressed and the complaints coming through. And you hear it in Channel from Cryon about watch what you say. You are creating your life through the words you say and the things that you think about. And it's all well and good to hear that in a spiritual message, but applying it into your life, it's similar to when you're trying to quit smoking and you're just hanging around smokers all the time. It makes it very difficult. But when you move into a group where nobody picks up a cigarette, you stop thinking about it yourself. So there definitely has been a ability for me to increase and enhance my intuition, definitely. And I like to think that I've been able to bring to Lee a more deeper connection to our planet Gaia, because that was always my passion. And we kind of joke because he's gotten to appreciate nature in a whole new level. And I've started to become an audio snob. I mean, I'll go to a concert and I'll sit there and go, who, who, who mic'd this? I can't hear the, the band is playing at a level higher than the, than the singer. What is going on with the microphones here? So it's, it's been really fun in us kind of playing with each other and appreciating those aspects that the other person didn't have. And it's been a journey. I mean, I told you when I started energy work, I couldn't feel anything. I kept at it and I did get to a place where I was doing sessions and I would feel energy and I witnessed sometimes people would have a spontaneous healing from having a session and there were even a fun story when we were in Russia they were asking me I was at that time I was selling the bracelets that Jan Toba his ex-wife makes she makes beautiful jewelry. So it's kind of funny how I'm going along selling the ex-wife's jewelry, but <laughs> hey, it works. <laughs> we all love each other. So I'm selling these bracelets in Russia and they actually asked me, Monica, can you please activate the jewelry as someone buys it and give it to them? And I was taken aback by this because I'm not a channeler and I'm not, you know, I'm not, it's all the things that I'm not right in your yeah. brain going through and they really wanted it. So I just thought, well, okay, I can just apply some of the EMF principles that I learned in the energy healing. And I would have women buy a bracelet and we would sit there and I would hold it in their hands and, and act, activate it. And the experiences were very interesting to watch with the women and some would come up and say oh I saw all these colors around you when it happened and things like that but the funniest one was a lady came back the next day and handed me back the bracelet and said I need you to deactivate it because it's so powerful I couldn't get any sleep last night and so I was taken aback but then in the next breath I had to look and say to her, this bracelet does not have the power. It is you that has the power. There, there is no power in the bracelet. It's all you. And she finally got it. But it was, it's been a journey of surrender, release, denial, acceptance. And I've had people ask Monica, do you channel cryon? And my answer was always no, I don't channel cryon. And yet I see that I receive divine inspiration from cryon. Does that kind of answer your completely, question? Completely. Yeah. Thank you. So this has been delightful, first and foremost, with both of you. I guess we're coming to the end of our conversation. I'll ask you both in turn, based on just where, where your feelings are right now and the work and the messaging that you are experiencing from Cryon, how are you feeling about the next decade or what are you excited to see in the next decade? 
And perhaps Monica, if it's okay, we start with you. Sure. So because crying is here for the shift. Mm. And if you don't know what the shift is, it's something that's been predicted by the ancients. And 2012 was a significant marker. You probably even heard about it in the Mayan calendars. It's the, the midpoint. It's part of the galactic alignment. Now, that's an astronomy event, that galactic alignment. It's not metaphysical. It's not woo-woo. It's an actual event that happens in the cosmos and it takes 36 years for the sun to for the earth to process through that uh, realignment the procession of the equinoxes if 2012 is the midpoint we still have 18 years from that to get to 2030 so for me that question what is in store for this next decade that we are in such an energy of potency for change that what we do every single person that awakens to a grander truth you cannot even imagine the ripple effect of that on the plant. This is a defining moment for us collectively as we move to 2030. That's our window of opportunity for the most highest consciousness that the planet has ever seen. Mm. So to me, this is exciting. And this is where we should be casting our vision, not looking at what's happening right now especially with the COVID, but to keep your eyes on the horizon for that 2030 is this is a beautiful window, potent with change for the highest consciousness the planet has ever seen. So over to you, Lee. I would say to everybody, um, <clears throat> despite what you think, <laughs> you know, spirit works very slowly, a lot slower than a lot of people um, like. We're winning. Believe it or not, light is winning. And I will say what I have said so many times in so many podcasts. If you don't think that, just go back. Go back uh, as long as I've been channeling for just, just 30 years. How long have women had to go through what they go through in workplaces and everything else and, and had to play second fiddle or, or endure all of the things that they've had to do? And the answer is forever. You go back as far as you want to go back in history. That is what has gone on. Suddenly, it isn't. We have the Me Too movement. We have people aware. <clears throat> they're being careful because they're realizing that it is it is not accurate. It's not good. It's not true. I mean, it's a it's not even conscionable what they've had to go through, and so that is now at the forefront. And so I ask, why now? What what's the difference? How if you'd asked my dad, he would have said, no, it's never going to get any better because men are in charge. Period. As long as men are in charge, it's not going to get better. Well, they're still kind of in charge. And you ask any lady about that and it has gotten better. Something has happened. There's a consciousness shift. How long? Uh, I don't want to throw stones here, but in, in a certain religion, as you know, how long have the priests been abusing little kids? Mm -hmm. And the answer is probably since the church began. It's just been with us. And now we find out, I mean, if you got a thousand cases in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. how many do you think have been around the world and how long has it been happening? Mm -hmm. I mean, and look at the ruined lives there and all that. When do you think that would come to the forefront? And when would we ever have a Pope who would acknowledge it and do something about it? And the answer, now. Now, what caused that? What, what would have caused those two things alone? And are there more things that are going to start falling into place that had been wrong they've just been unconscionable things that are wrong where a society starts to grow up and start to see itself and become more gentle um you add the uh the bias that we're seeing with the law enforcement and all that you know when you when, when i talk to my black friends they say these have been waves of things we've seen it and there's been a, a problem and and then and, and we say we'll fix it and it doesn't get fixed yeah and so we see the problem and then it doesn't get fixed and so it's just waves of of dysfunction mm. suddenly it's gonna be fixed mm. <laughs> and this is this is another one you know how long have we waited for that there's three 
we can go on and on. Crime says one of the next ones, and the whole COVID thing may bring this about. This may be the catalyst. What's going on right now to the fall of big pharma? And that's the next that. yeah. prediction of crime. Yeah. And so, and what it means, it doesn't mean that it's all going to fall away and we're not going to have drugs. It just means that the inappropriate greed and all of that is going to start being revealed and seen. Um, it may be a movie. It may be just on TV. We may some, you know, there's, there's going to be some whistleblowers come through. And, well, you know, mm -hmm. and they're going to give you and go, you're kidding. That's going to do it. I look forward to that. All of this to say, light is winning mm -hmm. if you didn't see it. And it's a tough time because it's a war. It's a war between old and new. And you're here. What if you were here because you should be here? Because there's something you can do about it. And the thing you can do, what can I do? I'm just a person. The first thing I'll tell you is be joyful. Joy is sacred. You start seeing things in humor and all. It's kind of like clears the rocks in the road so you can see clearly and make better decisions. Something that simple is a good start, in my opinion. So you don't have to be a guru and you don't have to channel and you don't have to write books. You can just be gentle and kind to your, to your family mm -hmm. and to those around you, especially right now, especially right now, and mm -hmm. start laughing more. And that's going to start this whole ball rolling. I know it sounds super simple, but I have seen it. Mm -hmm. I have seen it. Mm -hmm. We're winning. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I love it because we don't speak or or connect regularly, and yet whenever you tell me what Cryon is saying, it's 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 lovely for me because I hear virtually verbatim the same messages from the Z's. And it's interesting you've you've mentioned war and World War Three a few times, and a couple of things they have said over the time that correlates is they've said you have to understand it's really good that all of this is happening slowly. Many of you want things to happen quickly, but if things happen quickly and the change happens too fast, yeah. it can lead to chaos and destruction that's unnecessary. Yeah. So they said, actually, the slow, steady pace of this is good. And they started talking about um, the war that we're in um, between what some might call light or dark, higher or lower, um, all of those terms that we use. They say you're in it. And so it's interesting because they kind of talked about you're in World War Three, but it doesn't need to take form in the way that you might perceive that it would have in the past. It's just it it's playing out on so many levels right now. And it was interesting. That was a click moment for me about six months ago that helped me understand what I was feeling a little bit more. But um, so thank you for sharing all that. Cause even just for me personally, that was that was very <laughs> lovely to kind of hear because I I feel the same way and they give those messages and yet we're here, we're human and it's hard to watch the things that are going on that are tough. And they always said that to me. They said it's going to be hard to go through this period of time because you're going to see suffering and difficulties that some people will be going through which will catalyze their awakening. But while they're in it, the human part of you is going to feel for them even as we are ushering in this transformation. So... Well, thank you both so much for being here. It's been a delight to be with you. And I know that if anyone wants to tune in with any of the work that you're doing, they can go to uh, cryon.com, cryonmasters.com or monicamorani.com. And we'll put all of those links underneath uh, this video. If you're watching the video or if you're listening on any of the podcast services, it will be in the show notes. Um, but thank you both for being with us and for all that you do to impact the world and what you did to impact our world, those of us who are here for this conversation today. Thank you, Lee. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Love to you and love to everyone. Yes, yes. Hi, I'm Lee. I'm an intuitive, a channeler, a musician, and you may know me from my monthly free energy updates that go out on YouTube and Facebook. You may know me from the Impact the World podcast, but I wanted to introduce you to my members community, The Portal. We've been a community now for eight years and my mission and the mission of my team every single month is to bring you wellness content, metaphysical content, anything that's going to support your life as a sensitive, as a healer, as someone who is newly awakening, but also to ground it in reality. So every month we bring you various tools to help you survive, thrive, and expand your life. I know many of you are out there 
bringing your own special gift or light to the world. And the portal is a hub that we hold along with our community members to support you on your mission. Every month I do a live energy tune-up broadcast. It's 90 minutes long. It allows me to go deeper on some of the energies that month and how they are affecting our specific portal community. I also take Q&A. I answer questions from my intuitive standpoint and I also answer questions from my guides, the Z's, who I channel. These live tune-ups are always available within 24 hours. So if you can't make it live, you will always have the replay to go back and watch again or to use the timestamps to visit a specific question that you heard that you wanted to replay the answer for. Every month, we will bring you a brand new audio recording. I often keep our community at the top of my mind when I'm creating a new channeled MP3 or a new energy alchemy meditation. And these are always scored and supported by the music of sound healer Davor Bozik. I also do several private behind the scenes video diaries. Sometimes these are what we're creating and what's going on here at the studio, but other times it might just be me at home talking about things that I'm noticing, really designed to give you and I an intimate conversation that I wouldn't otherwise put out there into the wider world. Stephen Washington brings you a special body energy update every single month. So Stephen is my husband and he is also an amazing Qigong and wellness teacher. So I asked him several years ago to start creating some body medicine for us. So he takes the themes of that month's energy update and he expands upon them and gives you a sequence of Qigong movements that are very gentle and easy for beginners, but it's a way of alchemizing what we're going through and he does it beautifully. So many of our members love that component. Stephen also has many meditations inside the portal, which you can access anytime. And we are expanding our meditation library as these months go on. You receive a welcome bonus of the Intuitive Power live event. So if you've never seen a live event of ours, we had an incredible film crew document our London Intuitive Power event in 2019 and you'll get all five hours of that content as soon as you sign up. And finally, we curate special monthly Spotify playlists, two different kinds, music to move you, so things that are a little more dancey, and music to soothe you, things that are designed to help your nervous system calm. We love introducing you to new music, and this is curated by our whole team. The Classics Library is another important cornerstone of the portal. It gives us an opportunity to bring you eight different MP3 recordings from my vast library, but we curate them as to the titles that might be perfect for you at this time. So if you want some extra audio, you can go into the Classics Library and pick a topic that suits you. Alongside several discounts to Portal members, our favorite thing is the energy of our community. So we have a private forum only available to members where you can share with each other, discuss, and learn from each other. So the portal really is a world unto itself, and it will keep expanding as the years go on. But there are some of our members who love every single aspect of the portal, and there are some who are there just for two or three things. So if you want to try it out for a month and see if it's for you, you can do that because membership is available to cancel anytime. And we look forward to welcoming you in the portal if you choose to experience what it is that we are curating and creating for you here.